Judges chapter 7. Then Jeroboam, who is Gideon, and all the people who were with him rose up early and camped beside the spring of Harod. Midian's camp was on the north side of them, by the hill of Moray in the valley. And Yahweh said to Gideon, The people who are with you are too many for me to give the Midianites into their hand, lest Israel brag against me, saying, My own hand has saved me. Now therefore proclaim in the ears of the people, saying, Whoever is fearful and trembling, let him return and depart from Mount Gilead. So 22,000 of the people returned and 10,000 remained. Yahweh said to Gideon, There are still too many people. Bring them down to the water and I will test them for you there. It shall be that those whom I tell you, this shall go with you, shall go with you. And whoever I tell you, this shall not go with you, shall not go. So he brought down the people to the water and Yahweh said to Gideon, Everyone who laps of the water with his tongue, like a dog laps, you shall set him by himself. Likewise, everyone who bows down on his knees to drink. The number of those who lapped, putting their hand to their mouth, was 300. But all the rest of the people bowed down on their knees to drink. Yahweh said to Gideon, I will save you by the 300 who lapped, and deliver the Midianites into your hand, let all the other people go, each to his own place. So the people took food in their hand and their trumpets, and he sent all the rest of the men of Israel to their own tents, but retained the 300 men. And the camp of Midian was beneath him in the valley. That same night, Yahweh said to him, Arise, go down into the camp, for I have delivered it into your hand. But if you are afraid to go down, go with Pura your servant down to the camp. You will hear what they say, and afterwards your hand will be strengthened to go down into the camp. Then went he down with Pura, his servant, to the outermost part of the armed men who were in the camp. The Midianites and the Amalekites and all the children of the east lay along in the valley like locusts for multitude, and their camels were without number, as the sand which is on the seashore for multitude. When Gideon had come, behold, there was a man telling a dream to his fellow. He said, Behold, I dreamed a dream, and behold, a cake of barley bread tumbled into the camp of Midian. It came to the tent and struck it so that it fell, and turned it upside down so the tent lay flat. His fellow answered, This is nothing other than the sword of Gideon, the son of Joash, a man of Israel. God has delivered Midian into his hand with all the army. It was so when Gideon heard the telling of the dream and its interpretation that he worshipped. Then he returned into the camp of Israel and said, Arise, for Yahweh has delivered the army of Midian into your hand. He divided the 300 men into three companies, and he put into the hands of, of all them trumpets and empty pitchers with torches within the pitchers. He said to them, Watch me and do likewise. Behold, when I come to the outermost part of the camp, it shall be that as I do, so you shall do. When I blow the trumpet, I and all who are with me then blow the trumpets also on every side of the camp and shout, For Yahweh and for Gideon. So Gideon and the hundred men who were with him came to the outermost part of the camp in the beginning of the middle watch, when they had but newly set the watch. Then they blew the trumpets and broke in pieces the pitchers that were in their hands. The three companies blew the trumpets, broke the pitchers, and held the torches in their left hands, and the trumpets in their right hands, with which to blow, and they shouted, The sword of Yahweh and of Gideon. 
They each stood in his place around the camp, and all the army ran, and they shouted and put them to flight. They blew the three hundred trumpets, and Yahweh set every man's sword against his fellow and against all the army, and the army fled as far as Beth Shitter towards Zererah, as far as the border of Abel Mahola by Tabath. The men of Israel were gathered together out of Naphtali, out of Asher, and out of Manasseh, and pursued Midian. Gideon sent messengers throughout all the hill country of Ephraim, saying, Come down against Midian, and take the waters before them as far as Beth Barah, even the Jordan. So all the men of Ephraim were gathered together and took the waters as far as Beth Barah, even the Jordan. They took the two princes of Midian, Oreb and Zeb. They killed Oreb at Oreb's rock, and Zeb they killed at Zeb's winepress, and they pursued Midian. Then they brought the heads of Oreb and Zeb to Gideon beyond the Jordan. Well, this is now um, judge number five, Gideon, and um, his victory over the Midianites. And uh, the start of the chapter, they're camped in the Jezreel Valley. Now that's up the north uh, of Israel. And they're at the place called the Spring of Harid, which in Hebrew means the Spring of Trembling. <laughs> and uh, probably it's named after the fact that they were there and trembling. You know, it wasn't called the Spring of Trembling and then they went to that place. No, they were there trembling. And then it was called the Spring of Trembling. But then, despite the fact that they're terrified and afraid, the Lord actually sends away, he says, anyone who's terrified, you can leave. And two-thirds leave. They go from 32,000 down to 10, and they've only got 10,000 soldiers left. And um, so now they're not trembling anymore, but the Lord says, you've still got too many people. <laughs> There's a, a preacher called um, Graham Cook from, from Britain, and I really like him. And uh, he's a funny character. He, he, he tells Bible stories with his, um, he kind of, uh, you know, makes them sound a little British and he, he puts in extra stuff and he's, he's talking about Gideon in this moment. You know, Gideon's praying to the Lord and the Lord says, uh, you know, Gideon, <laughs> you know, you've still got too many men. And he says, the, the Gideon says, Lord, don't help me. <laughs> uh, You've got, to, you've got to get your hands on some Graham Cook messages. But you know, what would Gideon have been thinking? You know, you've got 32,000 soldiers and now you're down to 10,000. And then the Lord says, you've still got too many. And the Lord takes them down to do this test. And they've got to drink water. And um, if basically what happened was if someone got down on hands and knees and, and right down to the water to have a drink, they had to go home. But if someone scooped up the water and then lick lapped it like a dog, like, they stayed. Now, 300 apparently out of 10,000 did that. And I think to myself, have you ever drunk water out of a creek or have you ever bent down to drink water out of like a bucket or something? Um, who would lap? Uh, you know, like, I do, I'm just astounded that there were even 300 people that did that. And uh, it would never have occurred to me to lap like a dog. Um, although it would be an interesting thing to try to see, you know, how much water you could actually get that way. Um, but, and I guess, you know, Gideon wasn't capable of looking at all 10,000 guys and he just would have said, you know, who drank like this, who drank like this, if you drank like this, go home. So he ends up with these 300. <laughs> I think it's the strangest way of sorting out. And some people said, uh, oh, it was those who lifted up the water, you know, they were the alert ones. But, yeah. You know, to me, that's just 
guessing. Like, to me, it's just the weirdest way of picking. Like, um, I think God just wanted to, to whittle this group down to the lowest number possible. <laughs> and it reminds me, there was a movie that I did not see, and I my understanding is it's not worth seeing, but it's based on history, and the movie was called 300, and it was about these Spartan soldiers that def- defended against the Persians in, in a battle called the Battle of Thermopylae, way back. Uh, it was it's it's more recent in history than this battle, the Battle of Midian, but it's you know more than two thousand years ago. Well, this is another example of three hundred. Except the movie three hundred, those Spartan soldiers were all killed by the Persians, but here we've got three hundred soldiers who fight and they defeat a a huge greater army because the Lord is in it. And so you see that Gideon goes down to the camp with his servant Pura. And his, the servant's name, Pura, means faithfulness or fruitfulness. His name literally means like a branch on a tree that bears fruit. And, uh, you know, it's a picture of what we're supposed to be. We're supposed to be, you know, fruitful. We're supposed to be a branch on the Lord's tree. But it's also a picture of Jesus. Jesus is the branch, you know, that Isaiah mentions. And he's also the faithful one. He's also the fruitful one. So there's a picture of this guy here, Pura, a picture of Christ. So Gideon goes with his friend and they go down to the enemy camp and when they get there, they, they are outside a tent on the edge of the camp and they overhear someone sharing a dream. And it's like, it's like most dreams you have, it's just weird. The dream is a loaf of bread rolls down a hill and flattens a tent. If someone said to you, I had a dream and I saw this loaf of bread rolling down the hill and it flattened my tent, or it flattened the tent, you would say that's just a weird dream. So, but his friend says, oh, that's the, that's the, uh, the hand of Gideon, you know, he's against us. Surely we're going to be defeated. And you'd have to say to yourself, how on earth did they get that interpretation out of that dream? And the truth is, I have no idea. Dreams are very, very symbolic. And whenever I've had dreams, um, at least the ones that stick in my mind, I go to the Lord and I say, Lord, show me the meaning of the dream. And it's as I seek the Lord, and often I have to seek the Lord for an extended period, like over days or weeks, you keep reminding the Lord of the dream and saying, Lord, show it to me. To me, there often comes a moment when it clicks. I had a dream once where I was looking at, um, sometimes it's more obvious. You know, I was looking in the newspaper to buy a car this one time, and, um, you know, I was considering this blue this blue car that was a Holden something or other. Well, that night I had a dream of a blue Holden with his brakes didn't work. So that dream was, the Lord was showing me through the symbol of the car that I looked at that this course in life I was pursuing was not a course to be pursued. So sometimes the symbols are more obvious, but other times they're not obvious at all and it's the Lord who has to reveal them. So I just think that the Lord obviously put the interpretation into that that man's mouth so that Gideon could overhear it. Anyway, he went away with a great deal of confidence after that. And it just also showed that the Midianites, even though they were a a huge big army, they were actually terrified too. So Gideon's army started out terrified. They're at the spring of Herod, the spring of trembling. But this other army, they were terrified as well. And in the middle of the night, when those trumpets blow and the, the, the pitchers smash. So these pitchers are like clay vessels with like a light inside, so it's dark. But as soon as you smash the light, the lights appear. So you've got this moment in the middle of the night where there's shouting for the Lord and for Gideon. There's trumpets blowing, there's pitchers smashing. They look outside, there's sound, there's yelling, there's lights appearing. And they, they're already terrified to begin with and they just think, we are 
done for. They're not even dressed, they're in their pajamas. They start, some of them just start running to get away. Some grab their swords and, and they're not thinking clearly. They're half asleep, they start fighting. And uh, it's a great victory. <laughs> and of course Gideon then calls for the Ephraimites and other people, they come and they start pursuing. And it's a terrific, terrific victory for the Lord. And you know, sometimes this story of Gideon he's, has been used in church over and over and over again to illustrate something that we all know. That when the Lord is on our side, it does not matter how big the enemy is. And so the Lord wants to work through us and he gets a lot more glory when he does the fighting and we're just faithful and obedient when we trust him. So there are, there are challenges in our lives right now. You can probably think of some in your life that are beyond your ability to solve. I've got some in my life that are far beyond my ability to solve. But yet the Lord wants to come through and he wants to get the glory and he wants to show his name strong and so we have to trust so like Gideon <laughs> uh, you know we make sure we do what the Lord says and we follow him and we obey and we put our trust in him and we do it the way he says so if he says we've, we've got to get rid of resources or whatever we do it his way so I guess the the, the real obvious encouragement from the Gideon story and we've still got one more chapter to go with Gideon but the real encouragement is is that with the Lord it doesn't matter how big your enemy is. So Lord, we, we, we bring before you our problems, which are like Midianites. Lord, they're oppressing and they've restricted us. And we say, Lord, deliver us from the Midianites. Deliver us from our problems. And I ask right now that by the grace of God that every enemy would be defeated, that we would overcome, that your hand would be upon us, your blessing would rest upon us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you.